Uh, look, it's great to uh, be together, singing praises to God together. As I said at the beginning, we are going to pray and we're going to read God's Word and we're going to have our next in our series in Daniel. And we'll be looking at chapters 4 and 5, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, now, this week you would have heard that some things had come out in uh, the media about restrictions and phases and all those sorts of things, kind of restrictions easing and phases happening. Uh, we are aware of that at uh, Sorrowville Church and we are starting to think about how we come out of COVID and isolation and all those sorts of things moving forward with these different levels or different phases and we're going to be planning and thinking through those things over the coming weeks and so we'll keep you up to date as best we can as we think through those things and it'll be fantastic and uh, so I can ask you to continue to pray and uh, that God would continue to give us wisdom and guidance as we think through these things. Uh, also, to would, when we when we do these online gatherings, we're doing this so that we can be connected with each other each week and do church with each other each week, uh, because we believe that that nothing, not even COVID or isolation, can separate us from the love of God that He has for us in Christ Jesus. But we also know too that the church is not just the building, the four walls that we meet in, but it's about God's people meeting together. And so we're doing this in the best way that we can in this time, and we're doing this digitally on Facebook with our online gatherings. But I was talking to someone recently, and they were really encouraged by people who were commenting in the comment section in these videos. So they knew that there was more than just them in their lounge rooms watching something on Facebook. And I know that sometimes it's good for it. We just like to sit there and watch. And especially on Facebook, we don't want to do much on Facebook. We want, kind of want to stay hidden. And I understand that. But I can encourage you, we're not doing this for likes and for comments, but just to encourage each other, just say hi. It'd be really, it'd be really cool just to, you know, just to say hi from whoever or hi so-and-so is watching, just so that we know that it encourages everyone really just so we to know that there are other people watching with us and that we're not alone even though we're in our houses in isolation but there is other other people there are other people meeting in their lounge rooms watching with us and it's a way that i guess we can be encouraged that we're unified in the spirit that we are even though we're separated by distance we're still together through the spirit of god and uh, so i just encourage you to do that you know, don't feel any pressure, but that'd be really cool. Uh, we're going to pray in just a moment, but one thing that I've noticed uh, talking with people, and even just in myself, that it's getting uh, things are getting strained in households, and we are saying things and doing things that we probably don't like, or things that we probably wish we didn't say. And uh, I, I think it'd be good for us actually just to come before God now and just admit that uh, that. We really haven't always, uh, especially in these last little bits, uh, been honouring God and giving Him the glory that He needs, uh, that He deserves, sorry. And we're also not loving others as we should either. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say a prayer of confession. It's a sorry prayer to God. And then I'm going to hand over to Saidi and He's going to continue to lead us in prayer. So let me, uh, let me pray uh, this prayer of saying sorry now. Let me do that. Our dear gracious God, we... We know that we are to love you with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. But we know that we don't always do that. That uh, we put our wants and desires above yours. And we think that we know more than what we do. But Father, we know that we don't. And so we are sorry for the times where we haven't honoured you and glorified you in the way that we should. That we haven't loved you with every part of who we are. And likewise, Father, you've called us too to, to love one another 
as you have loved us. And so, Father, we ask now, uh, we, sorry, we come before you and say sorry. Sorry that we haven't loved others as, as we should. We haven't put the needs of other people before our own. That we have said things and done things that we wish we, would, we, wish, we, wish we hadn't done. And so, Father, we are sorry. And we pray that through your Spirit that you would continue to strengthen us and enable us to glorify you with every fiber of our being and to love one another as you have loved us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, please join with me as we continue to pray. Father God, we thank and praise you for you are a good Father who is all-powerful and all-knowing. And we thank you for sending us a Saviour, Jesus. We pray for all those who do not yet know you and the saving love of Jesus. Please reveal yourself to them and please use us to point people to yourself. We give thanks for the easing restrictions in the community. We thank you for the doctors and nurses working to keep our communities healthy. Please bless their work and we ask that you will provide worldwide relief to the current coronavirus crisis. We pray for the staff, the students and families of Woolaware Public School. We pray for the principal, Jason Ezzi, that you would guide him in making wise decisions as he leads the school community. We thank you for the opportunity we have to reach out into the Woolaware community and beyond and the current opportunities that our online gatherings are providing. We pray that you will work in us to make us more like Jesus. Make us more generous with our time and resources. Make us more patient. Make us more gentle. Give us self-control, not so others will praise us, but so that we may bring you glory in all we do. Make us slow to become angry, but quick to listen. Help us to be a community who, are genuinely, who genuinely love one another. We ask all these things that we may be ambassadors for Jesus. We pray for the gatherings on Friday, Saturday and Sunday at Kirawi Campus and at Yarrawarra. Thank you for the many gifts you have given our brothers and sisters at these gatherings and here at Woolaware. Thank you that we are one with them. We pray for our Christian brothers and sisters meeting online around the world. Please bless their gatherings as they seek alongside us to share the gospel with others for your glory. Lord, we pray for the community of Brewarrina in northern, northwestern New South Wales. We pray for Isaac, Eileen, Doug and the team who are ministering so devotedly to the people there. And we pray for the McMorty family. Thank you for the gifts you have given them and their ministry to and among us. Please refresh them, give them safe times and give them good times as, together as a family. In the week ahead, give us strength to cope in times of trial, thankfulness to you in times of refreshment, and eyes to see the opportunities you give us every day to shine as your lights in this world. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, I just thought it would be good to catch up with Tim and Jen. Tim is preaching tonight, which is awesome, and Jen, we've just been on with the kids on the Willoway Zoom which is awesome and it's been going really well. Jen, first question, how's the Zoom been going? The Zoom with the kids is going terrific. The um, most exciting thing I think is the kids TV show that's been happening and uh, it's really enabled the kids to be all involved and 
uh, get very excited about being part of it. So yeah, no, we're really enjoying it actually. It's a different way of doing kids ministry, but it's working. So just, just really quickly, uh, what is Kids TV? What's happening in Kids TV? So Kids TV is uh, a Bible story. Uh, it's a song. It's a, a Bible reading, the, the thing we most love about Soul Revival. And uh, it's a bit of kids sharing. So there's some news, there's some show and tell, uh, there's some collective uh, craft things or baking or, yeah, just uh, getting alongside some of the kids in isolation. So it's awesome. good. Fantastic. Yeah, it's been great. Very cool. And, uh, and Tim, you're preaching from chapters four and five from Daniel. Looking forward to it. It's exciting. How's it gone? Preparing. It's big, like two chapters. It's, it's a, huge. It, it's a lot. Um, it's been interesting. So usually what happens when I preach, um, things don't go as well as they should in those weeks. So, um, <laughs> but we, we managed to get, I managed to get through it and it's, it's a pretty terrific couple of chapters, and I, I love doing it. I love that book. So, uh, when you love something, you tend to put your heart into it. So I have. Yeah. Well, speaking of loving things and putting your heart into it, you guys have just celebrated twenty-seven. Is that right? Twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven years on, on Friday. On Friday, so that, that puts you, I think, about ten years ahead of Christine and I, wow. which is pretty cool. Um, what? All right. What? What? What is? Uh, what? 27 years, that's a long time, right? How, well, it's a while anyway. It's a little while. <laughs> um, what, how, how's, how do you negotiate 27 years of marriage? Uh, look, I don't, I, the first thing that I, I think is um, you have to make a commitment to it. So love, yeah, love can, people talk about love as being a feeling, but in the end, it's actually, um, it's a commitment that you make and it's an action that you take. Now we haven't got it all right. I mean, we've had our problems, and you know, we'll do, don't we? yeah. And um, do, does it always go perfectly and swimmingly? Well, no. But I think the thing is that we're still committed to each other. In fact, what I would say is, my parents and Jen's parents were both divorced, and one of the things that we made a promise to each other very early on is that no matter what, we were going to commit to this, and we we're going to stay in our relationship, and we we're going to stay married. That was the thing that we sort of made that commitment together. And we've done that. Now, does it mean that I'm always well-mannered and I don't do things that upset her? No. And, surely, surely. Uh, no, it's hard to believe. <laughs> um, that, but I think this, the, one of the things is a lot of forgiveness. We've got to learn to forgive and we've got to... And you accept people as they are. That's, I think, um, what I would say. But, I mean, what do you think, honey? Oh. Well, I still like him, so I think that's pretty important <laughs> yeah, after 27 years to enjoy the person that you're with and to like them. Me too, um, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, to, to understand that there's highs and lows, but just to see life as an adventure together. Yeah. And I think the thing that's made the biggest difference for me is that we both know that our relationship's built on the solid rock of Jesus. And if you come back to that, it's a sure foundation. And mm. so... Um, that's been the thing that's held us together and kept us going and yeah. enjoying marriage as much as we do 27 years later. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I wanted to just quickly catch up with you guys because you are part of our Woolaware family and we love you and we wanted to celebrate with you because <laughs> yeah. this is very cool and it's exciting. Um, what has been, this is the last question and we'll, we're going to jump into our Bible reading, but uh, last question, what, what's, what, what's something fun or exciting or good that's happened in the last couple of weeks? 
like a good news story, like something funny, like a work Zoom gone wrong. Well, I love that sort of stuff. Uh, look, that's a very good question. I'm not sure. But can, you, can you think of anything? Oh, I don't know. I'm actually an extrovert starved of people. So it's funny. for me, it's that, that Tim thinks that's quite funny to watch how starved of people I am. So it's, um, it's not been night. easy. But yes, we celebrated our first dinner out in nine weeks last awesome. night. And it was amazing. And she was like trying to break through to get to the front door and push out. <laughs> <laughs> she just wanted out of that house. So yeah, so that was, it was, we had a really great time. So we went to our favourite restaurant, we had a lovely time. It was yes. nice, it was good fun, we enjoyed that. So that's certainly one of the fun things. Yeah. Um, and also, personally, in terms of the kids, I mean, Courts has just started a new job. Um, and she's first first year out teacher. And she's exhausted and she's worn out. But she loves her kids. And she's doing a great job, as from what I can see, and I'm so proud of her. So, and little Katie, she just keeps on keeping on. She keeps working through her university. I know it's a struggle for her, but she keeps doing really well. She always thinks she never does well, but she always does, because deep down, in that little heart of hers, she's an excellent student. I love how you call her little bit, like she's, like she's tall as me. <laughs> She'll always be my little one. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, we love you guys heaps oh, and yeah. super, super excited to be able to just in this small way, yes. just kind of celebrate with you guys. Well, thanks, thank for, you. thanks for talking to us. Appreciate right. it. Thanks for having us. And I cannot wait till church is back. <laughs> <laughs> thank you a lot of us. Pretty much. Yeah. All right, we're going to do the Bible reading now. So uh, I'll hand back over to, uh, to Fee. Thanks. We are going to continue listening to God now. We've... Um, had a bit of a chance to, to talk to him and now we're going to hear from him and we, we like to say at Sarah Bible this is the most important thing that we, we do together. We are reading tonight from um, Daniel chapter 4 uh, verse 1 to verse 27 um, and it's a pretty cool little setup because it's actually a decree of King Nebuchadnezzar so it might sound a bit different to what you're expecting. Let's have a read. King Nebuchadnezzar to the peoples nations and men of every language who live in all the world may you prosper greatly it is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the most high god has performed for me how great are his signs how mighty his wonders his kingdom is an eternal kingdom his dominion endures from generation to generation I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. As I was lying in my bed, the images and visions that passed through my mind terrified me. So I commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me. When the magicians, enchanters, astrologers and diviners came, I told them the dream but they could not interpret it for me. Finally, Daniel came into my presence and I told him the dream. He is called Belteshazzar after the name of my God and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. I said, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here is my dream, interpret it for me. These are the visions I saw while lying in my bed. I looked and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. 
its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all. Under it, the beasts of the field found shelter and the birds of the air lived in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. In the visions I saw while lying in my bed, I looked and there before me was a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He called out in a loud voice, cut down the tree and trim off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but let the stump and its roots, bound with iron and bronze, remain in the ground in the grass of the field. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let him be given the mind of an animal till seven times pass by for him. The decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes, and sets them over, sets over them the lowliest of men. This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now, Belteshazzar, tell me what it means, for none of the wise men in my kingdom can interpret it for me. But you can, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, My lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. The tree you saw, which grew large and strong, with its top touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing food for all, giving shelter to the beasts of the field and having nesting places in the branches for the birds of the air. You, O king, are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. You, O king, saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree and destroy it but leave the stump bound with iron and bronze in the grass of the field while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live like the wild animals until seven times pass by for him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree the Most High has issued against my lord the king. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. 
It may be that then your prosperity will continue. Thanks, Fee, for that. Yeah. That was a big slab of scripture. And we've got some, some stuff to tackle today. We're going to be looking at two chapters in Daniel, chapter 4 and chapter 5. Uh, and we just read from chapter 4. Today, usually in sermons, you hear three things, but today you're going to get four. First one you're going to get is pride comes before a fall. The second thing we're going to learn about is about a tale of two kings. The third, not all heroes carry swords. And the fourth, build your life upon the rock. So let's begin. There are so many great stories in this book. Last week we heard about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and how they get thrown into the fiery furnace. When that happened, all hope seemed lost. But a miracle occurs. God intervenes in a truly miraculous way and they walk from the furnace uninjured with no smell of smoke upon them. The most amazing miracle of all that in chapter 3, in my view, is not the fiery furnace. It's the fact that the king who had thrown them in there in his rage, King Nebuchadnezzar, was humbled before God. In fact, he was so humbled that he promoted the Jews and declared that anyone who says anything against the Lord would be severely punished. Sometimes we have such a really small view of God, but Daniel reminds us of how powerful and gracious, compassionate and loving our Heavenly Father is. In this time of this COVID-19, we need to not only know God with our minds, but we need to know him in our hearts. Our Heavenly Father loves us. He has the power and authority over this world and we are precious to him because we belong to him. No matter what happens, we're not alone. This is what Daniel experiences time and time again. Even though everything he loved was taken away from him, it was in his weakness that God smiled upon him and blessed him in so many different ways and situations. Because Daniel held fast to God through several events that should have ended in his death is why his faithful example and his words speak so well to us today. These two chapters show two kings. One we have become familiar with, King Nebuchadnezzar, and the other we're just meeting, Belshazzar. One king is humbled and praises the living God, and the other is arrogant and praises the God, which cannot see or hear. One God bows before the king of heaven, the other insults the king of heaven. Chapter 4 is partially written by King Nebuchadnezzar, as we heard before. Once again, a familiar pattern occurs. There's a dream. The king doesn't know the answer. It gets interpreted by Daniel. But the interpretation is not quite what Nebuchadnezzar was expecting. Quite a bit of time passes between chapter 4 and chapter 5. In chapter 5, Daniel's now an old man. But he's still the same man of faith that we've come to know and love. Nebuchadnezzar has died. The Babylonian throne has gone to Belshazzar. In this chapter 5, God speaks in a way not understood by those who received the message. And Daniel is called by Belshazzar to interpret. Like Nebuchadnezzar, after Daniel finishes telling the meaning of the message, Belshazzar gets an answer that he wasn't expecting. So miracles are a bit of a theme in the book of Daniel. These, are, these two chapters have quite a number of them, but some of them you'd be familiar with, some of them you're not. But regardless of the specific miracles, this book reminds me that the God we worship 
is not made out of gold or silver or wood or stone, but is the one true living God of the universe. God who is unencumbered by frailty or human frailty, perfect in every way. But above all, he is also powerful and is willing to intervene in this world to bring about his plan of redemption. We're about to take a quick look at chapter four, but before we do that, let's remind us ourselves of who Nebuchadnezzar really is. King Nebuchadnezzar is one of the great despots of all times. Ruthless, cruel, full of self-importance, all-powerful, arrogant beyond belief. He's a king who sacked Jerusalem and took away the whole of Judea, Judea into exile. To prove his power and authority, he looted the temple in Jerusalem and took away the gold and silver implements that were used in the worship of God. He killed all the sons of Zedekiah, the last king of Judea, the last king of David's line, who had sat on the, on the throne of Judah in front of Zedekiah. And then he plucked out Zedekiah's eyes so that the last thing he saw was his dead sons. He's also the same king we saw in chapter 3, throwing Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego into the fiery furnace. He's a pagan king, but he's one sent by God to carry out God's judgment against the Hebrews and Judah. He works under God's sovereign will, whether he knows it or not. So in chapter 4, we see an awakening for King Nebuchadnezzar. This started in chapter 2 after Daniel interpreted the dream about the great statue of Nebuchadnezzar and the four kingdoms. It continued through the fiery furnace and finally it reaches its fulfillment in chapter 4. In Proverbs 16, 4-5 it says, The Lord works out everything in its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart, but be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. A day of disaster is exactly what happens to Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel chapter 4, 9 to 18, we read about Nebuchadnezzar's dream. In the dream, as we've just heard, he sees a tree, a tree so large that it reaches the sky. It can be seen from anywhere on earth and the leaves of the tree are very beautiful. All the animals of the field and the birds of the air rest under the tree. Fruits abundant and there's food for all. The tree is the symbol of Nebuchadnezzar. Then halfway through the dream, as we heard, an angel comes and shouts out, cut down the tree, trim off its branches, strip its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But let the stump and its root, bound with iron and bronze, remain in the ground, in the grass of the field. In the end of, in the, end of the dream, Nebuchadnezzar is cursed to have the mind like an animal and he wanders around eating grass like a cow. The dream comes true. Nebuchadnezzar goes mad and becomes like the wild animals for seven years. But God eventually shows mercy to Nebuchadnezzar. And in Daniel chapter 4, 34 to 36, it says this. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honoured and glorified him who lives forever. His, his dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. But as he, he does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to them, what have you done? At this time, 
My sanity was restored. My honour and splendour was returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisers and nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and, and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven because everything he does is right. All his ways are just and those who walk in pride he's able to humble. What a change we see in Nebuchadnezzar. A pagan king of the known world is humbled before God. So the warning to us is this, be careful. Pride does come before a fall and a power and authority will not save you regardless of who you are. Unfortunately, the experience of Nebuchadnezzar before the Lord is forgotten in Babylon. By the time we reach and get around to chapter five, it seems very few people remember what happened in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. Chapter five starts with a drunken party. As we, we do not have time to read the whole chapter, I'm just going to summarise it for you and give you some, some of the essence of what's, what's in that chapter. But if you want to, it's from Daniel chapter 5. You can follow from verse 1. So Belshazzar is now the king in Babylon and he calls for a great feast with at least a thousand of his lords and it quickly deteriorates into debauchery. Belshazzar calls for the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was in Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines, drink from them. They drink wine and praise the gods of gold and of silver, brass, iron, wood and stone. These are not just ordinary vessels that Belshazzar is using. These items were specifically made for the worship of the Lord in his holy temple. And this is a direct and deliberate insult to the Lord. And God isn't going to take it lying down. It is then that God steps in and a supernatural event occurs. You may know this story. A hand appears and starts writing words on the palace wall supernaturally. The king is absolutely terrified and he calls for someone to interpret the writing. If someone is able, Belshazzar will reward him or her with clothes and gold and authority. Everyone seems to have forgotten Daniel except the queen who remembers Daniel and his special gifts. This is when Daniel makes his appearance in chapter 5. Daniel makes it clear he doesn't want anything from the king. He is not interested in the rewards, but he will tell the king what the writing means. This may not sound like much, but here again Daniel is putting his life on the line. Despotic kings like Belshazzar do not tolerate those who challenge or embarrass them. And Daniel isn't finished yet. Before he tells the meaning of the writing on the wall, he gives Belshazzar a history lesson and tells him the story about King Nebuchadnezzar and his encounter in chapter 4, the one that we just, just had read to us. And we pick up the scriptures in Daniel chapter 5, 22 to 31. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled himself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven, you had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines, drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honour the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written, Mina Mina Tickle Parson. Here is what the words mean. Many, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tikal, you have been weighed 
on the scales and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A golden chain was placed around his neck. He was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. As we read earlier in Proverbs 16 to 5, the Lord detests all the proud of, proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Well, we see what that looks like here. God dealt with Nebuchadnezzar through several events. In chapter 2, through the dream of the statue, through chapter 5 of the fiery furnace, and in chapter 4, where Nebuchadnezzar is finally humbled. In chapter 5, God is not going to allow Belshazzar to get away with his actions. God holds him accountable. He expects him to know, and punishment is swift. It's a warning for all of us. We all have the potential to be little despots in our home lives and at work, to spit in God's face as Belshazzar did so grievously. God is very patient and loving, but what we learn here is that his patience, will not, patience won't last forever. If, we have a, if you set yourself up against the king of heaven, ultimately it's not going to go well for you, either in this life or the next. So that's the hard takeaway. The more encouraging takeaway is if we are willing to learn, change and be humbled, God will extend forgiveness and blessing to you. Some say Nebuchadnezzar learned his lesson. And we may see him in heaven because he bowed the knee to the king of heaven. I don't know if that's true because only God knows and can see inside our hearts. But what I do know is God is patient and loving with all of us. Ultimately, we will all meet the king of heaven, just as Belshazzar and Nebuchadnezzar did. The comforting thing to know is we have Jesus to stand in our place and his sacrifice washes us clean of sin and pride. So it's been a hard couple of months for me and for many that, that are watching. This whole COVID-19 mess has been affecting me and I, as I know, I'm sure it's been affecting you. Um, I'm not going to make up any excuses, but let's just say I have not been as faithful and patient as I should have. These scriptures have really helped reorientate me because they remind me of who I am before God, how gracious, how powerful, loving and patient God is with us. I don't know how you're feeling. You may be struggling too. I mean, some of you are going through grief and sadness and others loss. But we need to remember it's okay not to be okay too. We all need to be kind to each other. And I need to start being more like Daniel. We all need to be like him. He gives us a model of faithfulness that's worth following. He's one of the most courageous and faithful persons that have ever lived. Not on the battlefield like King David, but just being faithful in his everyday work and responsibilities. Telling despotic kings things that they probably do not want to hear was an extremely dangerous thing to do. Yet Daniel did not hesitate because he trusted God and God proved completely and absolutely faithful. So Daniel proves that not all heroes carry swords. Jesus, the saviour of us all, didn't either. So as I was thinking about Daniel this morning, a verse popped up in my Facebook feed. I don't look at it a lot, but it did this morning. And it was from actually Ravi Zacharias. 
He's one of the great Christian apologists uh, of our time. And he quoted from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 to 18. And it said this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on, on, but on not what is seen, which is temporary, but what, it, what is unseen, which is eternal. So this is the verse that summarises Daniel's faithfulness for me. He focused on the eternal whilst in the midst of trouble. He did not know Jesus, but ultimately it was Jesus' sacrifice who saved us all, including Daniel. If you remember back to chap chapter 2, a rock not hewn from human hands fell from the sky and struck the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, which he saw in his dream. In Matthew 7, 24-27, Jesus talks about another rock. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose. And the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Here is the contrast between the two kings, Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. Nebuchadnezzar eventually listened to what God had to say and his heart was changed. Belshazzar, on the other hand, knowing all that God had done, did not listen and his house did fall with a great crash. In this time of turmoil and uncertainty, we need to be wise and build our house on the rock, Jesus. God still speaks. He never forgets his people and still in control, no matter how out of control things look. Daniel's God, our God, the King of Heaven, will again prove faithful despite COVID-19. Like Daniel, we too can trust him and remember that even in the midst of trouble that we have today, if we build our house on the rock, Jesus, we will know his presence in our life. After all, Jesus still changes everything. So let's pray. Father, you are not a God made out of gold, silver, brass, iron, wood or stone, but instead you are the one true and living God of the universe. Let us go away from here knowing that the King of Heaven still sits on his throne. Thank you that despite everything you Despite everything, you still love us and you are willing to die for us. Please, Lord, let us feel your presence in our life this week. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com. And you can see all the gatherings at the top of the page. And you can choose any one you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is OK by Ixit.